Hello, 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 hello. Let's see where we're at here. See where we're at. What are we doing? You can barely hear me. Hello? Testing. One, two, three. Testing. Testing. How do I sound? I'm not so sure. Oh, well, I got excellent. Let's see. All right, let me give me uh I gotta do a little uh little check, a little sound check, guys. I'm gonna make sure you're getting some decent audio here. Check one, check two. Yeah, I think we're doing good. All right. Sorry about that. Here I am. Figured it's about time to uh, record another podcast. It is March. About midweek here. And uh, I wanted to make a kind of an apology. I I noticed there was a spike in the last podcast. Just record high... uh, record high uh, spike in listeners there. And I think it might have been because I like to think it's because my my natural gravitas, my natural charisma, but I think I mislabeled the episode, (laughs) which I I should probably remedy that. And uh, because I put uh, Ham Ham Palace Live, David Polites. And I think it was misleading. I think people thought that he was going to be on, he was going to be a guest on the, the show. So I apologize for that. I I meant to talk about him as a discussion and his work. I didn't mean to mislead everybody to think he was going to be on the show because I would like to get him on the show eventually. I think that would be awesome. But he's definitely made it uh, known that he wants to you know, if you're going to have him on a podcast, you have to thoroughly research his work. And I have been. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm going to read a chapter uh, from his missing 411 book, uh, North America and Beyond. Uh, I've read the Eastern book and the Western book. And so I've been going through it. I, I tried to get the Montana book, but it was sold out. Um, but I, I want to liven things up because I know the last episode was pretty uh, – somber it was pretty uh a little, a little too sobering and i wanted to kind of go into fun land a little bit because you know i think <laughs> i think people kind of go seek this show out to be well maybe it should be funny it should be hammy it should be uh high energy it should be fun and then it kind of goes off to the paranormal and it kind of goes off into some serious topics or you know it's gonna do that once in a while it's gonna do that you know i, I the thing is i Pod podcasts, you know, a lot of times in my experience listening to straight up comedy podcasts is that a lot of times I go in there and it's just like, well, there's an expectation like this has to be funny. And you go in there and, and the, there's a lot of corny, corny jokes. Um, I don't want to knock any podcasts, but there are some out there that are considered top tier comedy and I, it just, it, I didn't, it, no, it didn't work for me. There was just two on the nose with the jokes, um, not enough nuance. And I'm all about nuance here at the Ham Palace. Uh, I believe that a lot of humor comes from uh, certain personalities. 
on these podcasts. It comes from, you know, their natural characters they are. Now, whether you got it or not is a whole nother ball of wax. Um, I might have it. I might not. I'll leave that up to you to decide. Um, I, I know I've had some. I've, I've, I'm sure I've had a few stale episodes, unfortunately, but I've, I keep it real. And uh, hopefully that saves it from being a total waste of your time. And uh, I guess what I wanted to talk about tonight was, like I said, well, I already covered last episode. And I appreciate everyone for listening, even if it was like a unfortunate misguide. Uh, I didn't mean that. I should have kind of I should have put talks about David Polites, not, you know, like he's going to be on. Eventually, like I said, I'd like to have him on. But, um, you know, I, I like the idea of the Bonn Marathon. Um, that's fun because I've done that before. I, I've i watched the Bond movies in sequence. And it's it's a lot of fun, especially if you could do it with a big screen TV or a projector or something like that. It's great decent sound system so i'm gonna try to kind of do that if i can go back to like uh uh the dr no i just i was i think i've been letting it marinate because of sean connery passing it's a little bit too soon <laughs> it's fun it's crazy how i feel you know connected to the guy because he's part he's been part of the pop culture fabric going growing up i think that's such a big part of it it's it's so weird but yeah yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Uh, I, I guess I can talk about WandaVision. That's pretty cool. That's movie-like. Uh, spoilers, definite spoilers. I'll, I'll kind of generally talk about it. Uh, I'd say when I started watching it, I'd say the first, the first two episodes, uh, although interesting, I like the black and white, and I like the idea of it. I thought they moved along a little too slow, although they were methodical. I thought we probably should have just had only one black and white episode, honestly. <laughs> and I, di I didn't think all the jokes stuck. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, you watch those old reruns. Those shows were funny for a reason. And those are some of the best sitcom shows ever made. You know, if, if you're into sitcoms, it, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. But uh, it's it's hard. You know, you try to emulate that. But. You know, those people worked hard on those shows to make the punchlines really work. <laughs> and, uh, they, yeah, it was hit and miss. It was definitely hit and miss there. Um, I think once it started going, you know, there's a scene where, like, the next-door neighbor is doing something to the wall. Like, he's, like, burning the wall down. I, I That metaphor went over my head, but I'm, I know it's a metaphor for something. Uh, burning, tearing down walls, I guess. I, yeah. Um, it got better probably around the one, two, three, probably around the fourth episode where you can kind of see where it's going with, uh, uh, with shield, um, no sword, sword stepping in and you can kind of see their outside perspective of everything. And it started to heat up there and then she has the kids and things start happening there and there's, there's some more some progression in the story uh for the new new guy that just entered the live studio i'm talking about wandavision and there's spoilers involved here um 
yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Evan Peters uh, being in the show. Like, what was his role? Why was he even in it? Besides just a nod to the X-Men fans. I agree. <laughs> I think that Evan Peters is total uh, misdirect. And there's a couple of things where it's like, wow, I thought they had this show. You know, I thought they really had this show down. And they did early. Like, they knew what they were doing with it. But then it just kind of – there's some throwaway cheesiness like the Evan Peters stuff. Like he's not Quicksilver in it. He kind of is, but he's not. Um, nor is he really a major character. And it's like it, – it does seem like a waste unless they're going to use him later on down the line as a different character or as uh, the new Quicksilver. I think it would be cool to have him as Quicksilver. I think they did a great job uh in the x-men movies but i think they needed to give him more of a, a comics accurate costume and hairstyle maybe they uh, we'll see what happens with that uh I'm trying to think what else elizabeth olsen olsen was great olsen <laughs> olsen was great everyone is good acting wise uh i like the new captain marvel uh i thought she her 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 personality was good. Uh, I, I thought it was, it was you know, well, well done. And uh, I like when she tried to get it back into the the Wanda Dome, and she get she got some kind of powers there. And um, there's a boner joke. <laughs> yeah, going back to the Evan Peters thing, like his name ended up being Ralph Boner, like, and it just kind of sat there in the air. You know, it's like we're we're not in an Adam Sandler movie. I don't know why. It's like yeah, that kind of fell on its face. I mean, normally in an Adam Sandler movie, it, it, that would work, but we're in a a pretty serious, for the most part, uh, pay attention melodrama with some sprinkle of comedy, and then they go so overboard with that kind of comedy. I thought that was, I thought that was out of. Uh, the tone was way off there. Uh, and I don't mind it. I have immature, I have an appreciation for immature humor. I just thought it was like, this is, this is misplaced <laughs> even for me. And, uh, but anyway, you know, the, the sound of the special effects are for the most part, pretty good. Uh, vision, uh, the fight between Vision and the, and the white version of Vision, um, you know, it got a little video gamey. It did, but well, hey, that's gonna happen. There, there's always a little bit of video game gamey CG in, in some of these some of the Marvel movies. Hard to get totally away from that. I love the design of the new Vision. I thought that was great. It totally reminded me of uh, the Avengers video game. I think there's a video where he's white. He's the white version of Vision. So I'm not too familiar with Vision's backstories. I never really followed the character, but this show has got me more curious about Vision's backstory. And uh, overall, overall, with the ending included, and uh, I thought I'd, if, I had to, if I had to score, it had a good finale. I like, even though it was a little lackluster, I was kind of expecting Doctor Strange to step in at some moment. Um, there are a lot of things that they're building up that they didn't. There wasn't a big, huge, super payoff, but 
there's an emotional payoff, and I think that that worked really well with Wanda getting in into in the costume and and having that that crown, witch crown. I thought that was cool, and uh, how she flies in it was awesome. And I'm looking forward to her more in that kind of official Scarlet Witch persona. That's pretty neat. Wanted to talk about the after credit ending things, which were inconsistent. So I think it was the episode before this one. They didn't have an after credits, um, uh, after credits scene. So I, I gave up because the credits are so long. I'm like, I'm not watching it. This is way too long of a credits thing for a TV show. I'm not. So I gave up. I didn't care at the end of the last one to watch the very last scene after the credits. So they should have been more consistent there. So I'm going to give the whole show. I'm going to give the whole show an eight out of ten. Pretty good. Pretty not quite a nine. I'm like, it should be a nine. It should be a nine. But it, because of the weird. The weirdness with the jokes, the Evan Peters, that was some missed opportunity there. Um, and the finale, not having Doctor Strange in there in any way, well, that's, a missed finale. that's a missed opportunity. Um, but I, I like the characters. The actors are really good. Uh, the woman that plays uh, uh, Scarlet Witch's nemesis, she's great. And... Uh, the special effects, for the most part, special effects worked, and I like the uh, the premise and and the weirdness, the Twilight Zone ness of 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 people going into this dome and and being modified into that era. What the equivalent of that car would be, or that that kind of person dressed up would be. So it had some good moments like that. I wish they explored that more, and. Uh, but I, I thought it was a good – they took a little bit more risk, even though it's a, it started off so dang slow. And I thought, I don't know how many people are going to get into this. I think it slowly built more of an audience as it went. Uh, but it, good could be better. Could be a little bit better. So, yeah, that's where we're at with WandaVision. There we are. And uh, as far as comics – Oh, well, I haven't – dang it. I haven't really I, – I need to get back to where old man Logan left off. And I need to pick up because I know Wolverine was returning in some way. That might, that might be old news, but I need to get back to that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start buying comics on uh, Kindle again because I don't have any room for more, more comics, unfortunately. But I do, do need to start getting back to reading comics. Um, as far as comics I'm making, I've been working on Rage Number Four. Uh, it's it's almost just about ready. I'm making. I made a last minute big huge change to the whole thing. It's a short comic, but I think it's a fun, good, kind of necessary comic. And uh, look forward to that. I'll be uh, promoting that eventually. Uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully sooner than later. I had to make some last minute big changes to it uh but i think it'll it'll pay off i think the, the changes that that should be made um so probably in the next this month or, or next i'll expect that to be on uh on the newsstands i believe indie planet is the name of the website i have my some of my comics at 
and I will be doing some more things uh, from, to some previous comics of mine. So that's good. That there, There's a comic that's new there. <laughs> Shame it can't be more. I'm reading, I got for Christmas a big, thick uh, hardcover of the history of Marvel Comics from my Aunt Betty. Super cool, but it's such a huge, ridiculous book. Like, you could sink ships with it. That's the kind of book it is. But I'm going through the years of the early years, and I'm learning so much about, so much I didn't know about um, how it started out and the history through World War II and, and, and forward through, you know, the eras. Uh, very cool. Very cool stuff. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's movies and comics. Uh, it's a little throwback. You know, I might also do a commentary uh, of Sergio Leone films uh, for a few dollars more and a fistful of dollars, especially because I find myself going back to those movies now. <laughs> well, I never did before when I was a kid, but I appreciate them more now. And for a few dollars more, you know, I'm going to get the DVD of that because you know, you can go on and you can find it. If you don't find it on a mainstreaming uh, service like Netflix or anything, it's going to have commercials or the quality is going to be a little wonky. I'd rather just get the DVD and, and watch that way. But that, those are, I want to get re, reacquainted with the spaghetti Western genre. Uh, I watched Once Upon a Time in the West uh, about two times already. Um, and I, I want to watch some of the other ones, the Terrence Hill, uh, Bud Spencer ones, the, the more comedic ones. And uh, I've been playing a little uh, role-playing, a uh, uh, little a Western gunslinger role-playing game. So it's been, it's made me kind of want to go back and watch Westerns, especially spaghetti Westerns. So maybe I'll do a commentary of those two, just my thoughts on, on, on the whole the whole uh, genre. And because it's fun doing the commentary. I enjoy them. As long as I can squeeze them all together and do an episode that, that can fit on here, it's all good. Uh, so let's, now that I covered that, you know, uh, let me read a chapter from Missing 411. I hate to bring the room down. Uh, let me read one. And this is from his third book, I believe. And this is just kind of to, to touch on, you know, the last episode, which, like I said, David Pilates was not on the last episode. It was just talking about him. I should have specified, specified that. I'll go back. I'll, rem I'll remedy that. And then probably the listeners will go down <laughs> to like two listeners. My bad. My fault. My fault. Um, California. Southern. Uh, it's got the name uh, Anna Marie. No, Anna Maria Woodruff. Uh Date and time missing, age, sex, location, uh, four seventeen fifty three, at six p.m. Uh, this is three F so female, uh, Phelan, Phelan, California. Second person is Kenneth Edwards. Four date is four four sixty four at two p.m. Uh, male Rosamond, uh, California. And James Beveridge, Beveridged, no, Beveridged, I think that's how you say it, 
date missing 2781 uh, unknown time uh, male Mount Palomar California so he's going to talk about Anna Maria Woodruff who went missing at 6 p.m. in 1953. Okay, uh, Phelan, Phelan, California is approximately 10 miles southeast of Victorville and just one mile east of the Angeles National Forest, located in a series of large mountains. Phelan has a, a series of small to medium-sized ranches and farms. In 1953, the region was sparsely populated. The desert in the lower elevations is very flat with little vegetation. On April 17, 1953, Anna Woodruff was staying with her grandparents at their ranch seven miles east of Phelan. Anna's parents were on a vacation to Utah, and Anna was spending special time with Grandma and Grandpa. At approximately 6 p.m., the grandmother, uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. O.B. Woodruff, looked in the yard and could not locate Anna. She got neighbors to assist in the search and soon called the sheriff. Within hours, there were several hundred people searching the area around the, the, around the Woodruff Ranch for Anna. A local Air Force base placed five airplanes and helicopters into the sky to look for Anna. The topography of the area of the search is absolutely flat with few buildings. Anna was last seen wearing overalls and a light jacket and temperatures uh, that got into the low 40s the, the night she was missing. Anna was not responding to calls of her name and this was a concern to searchers. Uh, the search for Anna went nonstop through the night with hundreds of, of ground searchers covering the area of the ranch and surrounding region. On April 18th at approximately 10 a.m., Air Force third class airman Richard uh, Joaquez, if I said, probably didn't say that right, uh, Jaquez or Joaquez, probably Joaquez, and Harold Frazier made a fascinating find as, as, in, as is explained in April, April 19th, 1953 edition of the, of the Ogden Standard Two airmen found the toddler, Anna Marie Woodruff, in a clearing about six miles from her grandparents' ranch home. The, f the find by the airmen shocked searchers, but everyone was pleasantly surprised. Anna was taken to a local hospital and was reported to be in fair condition. There were never any reports of her condition except to say that she had suffered, bru she had suffered bruises and cuts on her body's on her body and legs. Summary. This is his summaries are, are great. It's his his uh, his opinion on everything. Uh, Anna's disappearance is in the in this book because of a few key points indicated in the story. Anna was three years old and found six miles from her grandparents' home, a distance far outside the bounds of any search manual's recommendations for looking for a toddler that age. Uh, the other troubling aspect is the topography of the area in which she was lost, a flat desert. This isn't an area with many tall trees and shrubs. It is very flat with a few large bushes. There are roads that crisscross the desert in this area 
but in 1953, there are relatively few, few residences. Approximately 10 miles west of the grandparents' ranch is the Angeles, Angeles National Forest, and an area known well by searchers, Devil's Punch Bowl. Many have vanished in this area of the forest, and I find it ironic that Anna disappeared in an area so close to the mountains, yet a very flat region. So I'm just going to read that one and, uh, you know, put that under your porch and play with it there. Um, the devil, the devil stuff, he even has a book called The Devils in the Details because so many people get taken in these areas that are called, referred to as maybe the Devil's Peak, the Devil's Mountain, the Devil's Lake. Um, so I'm to assume maybe the American Indians named a lot of these places Devil, or that's a translation, or something. Because a lot of bad stuff is happening in those areas and people are being taken. Uh, luckily for uh, Anna here, she got found. But yeah, where are you going to where are you going to hide out in the, in the open desert? There's not much trees or shrubbery, and only six miles from her grandparents, and they were looking like crazy. Um, bruises and cuts are like a common thing in these cases. They uh, scrapes on their legs and body, which makes me think like there's some kind of thing that has these long fingernail claws or fingernails that's um, carrying these these people around. Um, so yeah, there's there's a story there. There's they all kind of read like that where it's like it's, when they go missing, it's like yeah they they went missing like it was one sentence and, and they were gone. And it's like if you don't, you know, you can you if you blink, you catch the part in the paragraph where they go missing. So you have to kind of reread. Wait a minute, where when did it happen? How? Because it happened so fast in each story, you have to kind of go back and like, oh, that's when they disappeared. Um, but yeah, I mean, this whole book, they all read so similar to that. So it it's unfortunate, but it's kind of like, well, gosh, it's so similar in the pattern. It's so similar, um, and each book is, is a lot, like a page. It's like this one clocks in at about 441 pages, and they're all kind of around that. So he's putting a good amount of work into these books and just laying it down, the facts, just the facts. And, uh, oh, hey, Sean. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Connery's entered the life studio. He's he's he's, he's uh, been resurrected now. <laughs> uh, just joshing with you, Sean. Um, just finishing up uh, reading a book, uh, a chapter from Missing Four One One here. But yeah, they all all they all read like that. I try to at least read one case a day, and uh, they're great books, man. They're, I mean, you can go. You could probably ask them at the library, but chances are they're not going to be in the library, so you, they'll have to order them somehow. But if you go to the guy's website, canammissingproject.com, I believe, you can you can find the store. It's not like, you know, it's a pretty basic website. You know, don't expect it to be a fancy schmancy website. It's not. <laughs> but it's a very functional website that you can go 
order the books. The books clock in about, as far as the price range goes, around 25, 25 to 30 bucks. Um, sometimes the shipping can be about a little pricey, about six bucks. So consider that. Uh, but he does put his heart and soul into these books. They're, they're, they are worth the money. You are getting something incredibly fascinating and you are in on as part of the big grand search or, or um, investigation, the grand investigation of people that go missing nationwide. So it's not, you feel like it is, it is money that's well spent. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get, uh, get this out there and I want to get back onto a, a regular schedule of recording podcasts. You know, I always say that, but it never usually happens. But you can expect to get three episodes from me. Maybe if something gets really crazy in the month, I'll do two. But I think I've been pretty consistent, guys. I appreciate everyone for listening to the last one, even though it was un unintentionally a little misleading. So I'm looking at my schedule here. When do I uh, – really, I have it scheduled for – oh, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, the podcast day usually, but you know, I'm usually recording these on the, on the weekends. If I record on a Wednesday, which is today's Tuesday, it, it's pretty rare. Um, so just catch me when you catch me. Uh, I'll, I'll try to do Wednesdays, stick to a schedule, be consistent. And, uh, you guys, owe I owe you guys that at, at least, but, uh, well, I think I'm going to be wrapping it up. Unless anybody has anything to say, feel free to type it into the uh, the wall there if you want. I'll try to answer your question. Any topic you want me to talk about in the future that in a roundabout way could be related to movies and comics, uh, the entertainment industry. Um, I usually find ways to tie those into things that uh, that I'm doing in my personal life or – you know, I, I use those really as a springboard. Once in a while, I will get pretty in depth about a movie. I'll do a hardcore movie review. Um, but I, I kind of like to use that as the basis to kind of spring and, and go off on other things too. So and, and I try to make it entertaining. I'll, I'll throw in a comedic skit once in a while. I, I try to be funny. I try to, but not too hard, as you can tell. Um, but okay. All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna be wrapping it up. Solid half hour tonight. No more, no less. I'm not a three hour guy. I'm not a three hour tour. <laughs> I'm not a Joe Rogan that way. I'm a I'm a lean talker. But uh, I think I, I think I can do it. I can I can bring it twenty to thirty minutes. If if I do an hour, it's usually because I got a guest on, or a subject is really like uh, I'm really passionate about about something that I really want to go in depth about. But I, I really wanted to clear the air about the last episode, and I hope I didn't let too many people down thinking David was going to be on the show. So I'm going to go through and uh, retitle that. But, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys. Well, I'll talk, be talking to you guys next week, possibly. And you never know when a bonus episode will be coming in there late night, while uh, 3 in the morning while I'm uh, trying to sleep and I can't. I might drop a little podcast. We'll see. But, uh yeah. Till then, uh, may you all have long days and pleasant nights. Thanks for listening. <laughs>